passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I know exactly what you're doing, brother. You're up there, and all the angels are singing Tutti Frutti on top of those big white clouds. I know that you're putting the greatest tag match together, brother. The tag match between the Macho Man, ooh yeah, Randy Savage, and the Ultimate Warrior versus Roddy Roddy Piper and Mr. Perfect. So Mean Gene, I guess there's just one question. What you gonna do when Mean Gene Omania runs wild on you, brother? When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. I'm John Pollock, along with Wei Ting, here with you for the next four and a half hours as we go through all the stuff that is on our agenda tonight. Hello, Wei. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Man, you've been a busy man this weekend. Uh, busier than I thought I was going to be. Sunday yeah. night turned into just insanity with all of the New Japan news that came out right in the middle of the Impact pay-per-view. And by the time... I sat down for that pay-per-view way at 8 o'clock, and by the time I had finished the pay-per-view, I had done the stuff, uh, the segment with WH, had done the show with Nate, had uploaded the show, wrote some stories for the site. I went to sleep at 4 in the morning way. It was crazy. Oh, I thought this man. was just going to be a, a calm, quiet, impact pay-per-view, chat with Nate for an hour. I thought it was just going to be a low-key night. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Four, anyway, 4, 4 a.m. going to sleep. I mean, I guess like that's almost the complete opposite of like, you know, your Wrestle Kingdom routine, isn't it? Because you would have, have you would have started certain shows at that time. It was like the exact opposite of New Year's Dash, which I woke up at 4 a.m. for on Saturday. Wow. Well, uh, I guess uh, welcome to my world where there are no, um, I guess, proper bedtimes. I need to adopt your sleeping schedule. It might uh, might suit me uh, much better. How was your weekend? It was good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, uh, you know, I, I spent much of it talking to you about Japanese professional wrestling. But beyond that, um, pretty. I went to Ikea, apparently at the same time as your wife, but not like we never ran into each other. It was only after the fact that I realized that she was... Were you there as well? No, I wasn't. Okay. But yeah. I was probably asleep if this was on the weekend after... New Year's Dash, I'm guessing. Yeah, no. Ikea's great. 
I've been I must have been to IKEA like seven times over the past like two months, two, three months. That's awesome. What did you buy on the weekend? Um come are we is are we gonna get into all this? I wanna know. Shelves, drawers. I was uh, actually uh, looking for rocking chair, an adult rocking chair, maybe? No. I was actually yeah. looking for some stuff for the post office. In addition to other things that, you know, I'll use I I got one of those bedside caddies. Like I don't have a nightstand, so instead I have like one of those pouches for uh like your phone, books, whatnot. I love it. Six dollars, this thing's great. That's awesome. Little this is joy, exciting. Little joys like that, you know, I think IKEA is great for. Well, uh, we have a lot to discuss. I don't want to want to cut off the uh, the small talk. Although I do want to share this one story. On Sunday night, I before the Impact pay per view, I met up with our good friends Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. We went out for dinner uh, to this Indian place. Just, yeah, thanks uh, for the in- their place. Thanks for the invite, guys. Well. They invited you. Somehow you did not get this text. So we're sitting down and so so just, so, so first of all, uh, I yeah, let me let's explain this. I I I swear I had no idea. I'd never got the text. It wasn't until like Thursday when John asked me or wait, no, it was after Wrestle Kingdom where like John asked me, "Hey, are you going to meet up with these guys?" I'm like, "Where? To what? Who?" And then he tells me like, you know, they invited me to this thing. I wouldn't have been able to make it anyway, but nonetheless, like, I guess, please go on. <laughs> so somehow this, this, you never got this text. I Is never got true? it. I never got it. That's so weird. You are listed on this text. So Wei informs me of this. He never got the message. I was like, oh, okay. He's not coming. So I meet up with them. We sit down and we're just sitting there. Uh, I have not heard that. Davey had asked for a table for four and we're just sitting around and Braden just mentions, it's like, yeah, we're just waiting for a fourth. And I'm not even thinking here. I'm just assuming that, you know, one of their friends is coming. These guys have like 10,000 friends and I'm just waiting. And then I, I finally just said, I was like, who's the fourth person? And Davey just looks at me. He's like, wait, he's like, oh, he's not coming. He's definitely not coming. And then it was all this, it was like all this blur, blurry vision. It all came together and was crystal clear that I saw the disconnect and it was all on me that. Way had communicated to me he never got this message, and I never relayed that to Braden and Davey that he never got the message. However, on this group message, I replied stating, sounds good, we'll see you there. And thus, they thought I was speaking on behalf of Way and myself, because most people think that we just are, we speak for one another. Mm-hmm. And this was like a good... You know, five, six minutes at this table. We're waiting for a fourth person. I'm ready to order. And then we're we're waiting on the fourth person. And the fourth person will not be showing up. Well, it's nice to feel important enough that people would wait for me, even though um, I was not properly invited. But cool. Braden seemed disappointed when I mentioned you were not coming. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well. Uh, Next time, how was Indian food, though? It was very good. Uh, You could choose your... uh, you could get like these combo platters and with different meat and then different spice levels. These two went for hot because they've been to this place before. I went medium hot. Medium hot was good enough for me. It was it was pretty um, not intense, but you could certainly feel it. Uh, very good. I highly recommended it. Great. Awesome. I am highly recommending it. Uh, can't remember the name of it. Uh, Bloor Street West, right by Toronto BJJ. It's, it's at Christie and, and Bloor. Yeah. Yes. Go check it out. Tell them that um actually waiting sent you um i don't want to give him like bad press or anything but i actually oh 
remember, he got food poisoning. No, but you remember Andre Dita? Yes. Remember when <laughs> the place where a bullet grazed his head? Oh, was it there? <laughs> it was around there. Oh, okay. Well, but the food is must be amazing. That's not on the restaurant. I mean, violence is going to happen yeah. in the city. Yeah, yeah. So, well, very, very nice. What a what an interesting Yelp review waiting would provide. <laughs> all right. If any of you were on our site today, and I know all of you are, all of you are following us at Post Wrestling. You've seen the schedule of shows coming out this week. Wrestle Kingdom may be over, but we're not slowing down, folks. We are going full steam ahead this week. And welcome all of our new patrons that joined over the last week, uh, many of you uh, signing up. So thank you. On Tuesday, we are going to have our MMA year in review panel. I'm going to be joined by Mike Bond and Cody Safdick. We are going to go through the entire year of 2018. We're going to make our picks. Uh, so you can tune into that. That will be a free show on the site. Tuesday night, we've got Rewind to Smackdown. And for our patrons, the return of the double shot way. It's back. It's finally back. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? I'm going to chat about MLW Fusion, which has become a show I look forward to each week. It's I am watching it regularly now. So I'm going to chat about the last week's show. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Being the Elite. I think we might have to talk a little bit about it in the news. Have you seen the new one? I've seen the new one. To be quite honest, I don't even know how much there is to talk about in the new one. That, you I think know. That there's one key scene. We'll, we will get to it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We can talk a bit about that. But uh, yeah, I guess that kind of bleeds into some of the discussion we'll have on uh, Smack, Rewind to SmackDown, won't, won't it? Yes. Uh, SmackDown, we will definitely be chatting right off the top about the All Elite Wrestling Rally that's happening Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time from Jacksonville, Florida. The same city SmackDown is taking place in. And we will talk about whatever is announced, all of the topics coming out of that rally. I'm certain there will be uh, at least some news coming out of it. Oh, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. You can actually stream it, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Many outlets where you can uh, stream it uh, if you follow any of the All Elite Wrestling social media channels. Wednesday, British Wrestling Experience. It'll be Martin Bushby and Benno, joined by Will Cooling, who will be their special guest. Thursday, we've got a new edition of Up Next with Braden and Davey, as they will spend an hour reviewing our... Indian food from Saturday night and or Sunday. Plus, hey, the hey, by the way, I want to give a shout out one more time to their best of and worst of show, which was excellent. It was really, really great. It was a great show. They yeah. did a fantastic job with that. Lots of guests and yeah, very, very fun show. I think they they've have maybe started a tradition for themselves. Very good show. Cafe Hangout will be back on Thursday. If you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member, you can tune in live at 3 p.m. You can interact with us. This might be a really good week to uh, try and take some calls and take a lot of uh, listener questions because I think this week there is a lot to discuss news-wise. So mm -hmm. that's coming up Thursday. Friday, the return of our MC MCU review. And what are we reviewing on Friday for cafe members? This is the big one. This is the one we've been building up to. This this entire time, we've reviewed Iron Man, we've reviewed Hulk, we've rev reviewed Captain America, we've reviewed Thor. Now they all assemble because we will be talking about the very first Avengers movie with an expert. We have to call in like the big guns for this one. And uh, Brent Chittenden will be joining us. So talking about Avengers, uh, the feedback thread shall be posted up soon. So leave your feedback there. I've already watched it, Way. I'm I am ready for this one. Great, awesome. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Especially, I mean, feel like uh it's it, I think it's really cool to rewatch those movies now because Endgame, like seeing 
I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of tie-ins that we'll probably find like on a rewatch that we didn't notice the first time. Do you know how special this one was? I watched it in normal speed. Wow. Wow. A first. Okay. Yes. So that's on Friday. If you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, that show will drop for you on Friday morning. Then the weekend, uh, we have two shows this weekend. On Saturday, uh, Saturday night, uh, if you're in North America, we will have an NXT UK TakeOver post show. That will be hosted by Martin Bushby and Benno with a full review of the first UK TakeOver card. And the week wraps up with Sunday. It's the return. The annual MMA prediction show as I will be joined by ESPN's Ariel Helwani. We're going to go through his predictions from last year, see how many came true, and then we're going to make a whole brand new list for 2019. All of that this week, postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. Very exciting. Uh, very, very cool. We're, we're wrapping up into a bit back into our regular routine here on the path to the Royal Rumble. And what else does that mean, John? Well, everyone knows that Post-wrestling revolves around certain events of the year. And what signals those events? Like the, like the angel on top of a Christmas tree, ours is represented by a button. When there is a button to be added to our main page, it means there's a big deal happening. And if you go to postwrestling.com right now, that newest button says Rumble Pool. Rumble Pool. Yeah, this is a brand new iteration of a great swimming pool that shakes and uh no it is the annual royal rumble pool that's right yes i'm i'm very excited for this one dive in yeah uh you can enter it by going to our website or if you want to access it directly it's postwrestling.com slash rumble thank you once again we say this every single time i feel like i'm thanking this man like on every episode but chris angler the genius behind so much of our uh statistics uh, the other st- statistician, I suppose, of, of our family, uh, organized this and uh, brought back the Royal Rumble pool this year. So enter right now, get your picks in. Although, like, what 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 do you say is good strategy, John? Like, should somebody wait before entering? You you're free to make your picks today. You can do them immediately but sometimes you can get burned sometimes they will do stuff on television where you'll make a pick and then that person will be not part of the Royal Rumble, or they'll do something where they announce what number someone is going to be. So I think most people wait to the week of and then see what the best choices are to make. But hey, everyone's got their different strategies. Some are going to make it now, but the pool is open. You've got about three weeks, everybody. It closes on the uh, at 3 o'clock Eastern time on the Sunday of the Royal Rumble, which is uh, January 27th. So yeah, three weeks away. Yes. So there you go. That is open, and we'll be bothering you with information about the Rumble Pool incessantly over the next three weeks. But even more, post-wrestling, just just growing and growing, everybody. And this week, we have a proud sponsor joining us. We got a sponsor. Yeah, we don't often have uh, sponsors. But uh, this week, I'm very excited to announce that we are sponsored by Grapple. Grapple, G-R-A-P-P-L. It's a new wrestling app, which is available currently for free right now on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And this is an app where you can rate matches that you watch, so there's no need to keep spreadsheets or notes on your phone anymore. I know I'll be making great use of this app uh, ahead of our best of, and maybe even ahead of our worst of this year. Um, I made the unfortunate mistake of, like, leaving all that stuff until the end. Um, so I think something like Grapple 
is really great because I can just refer to, hey, what were my like four star plus matches all year? And the app allows you to do that because Grapple aggregates user ratings for each match and calculates an average across everybody who has rated so you can see what wrestling fans from around the world collectively feel. Uh, for instance, this past weekend uh, for Wrestle Kingdom, which uh, I took part in uh, in rating, um, Omega versus Tanahashi was the high, highest rated match on that card with an average of 4.80 from over 400 users, followed by Jericho versus Naito with 4.44. So, of course, this is uh, based off, off of a five-star rating system. So, um, you can find me. I'm on there as Way0937, at Way0937, and you can comment on all of my ratings. You can see what I rated all of those matches. You can tell me how full of shit I am, or if you like... My ratings. What, you, wrestling fans getting upset at over ratings for matches? Are you out of your mind? Isn't that the whole point of this whole <laughs> thing? Isn't that the whole point of the internet to disagree with people? So get on Grapple, G-R-A-P-P-L. You can disagree with me or you could tell me that you like my ratings by giving me a like. Some other things you can do on Grapple are uh, you can comment on your friend's ratings. You can create a watch list of matches of highly rated matches or lowly rated matches, which you can watch and rewatch in the future on the network or New Japan World. And you can use a filter to easily find out what the best and worst rated matches are by promotion, event, or by year and month. At the moment, the app includes matches from the WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Progress, Impact, PWG, Lucha Underground, and Evolve. It's got nearly 28,000 matches on there going back to 1985. And more promotions, old and current, are going to be added in 2019. So you can download Grapple right now for free. Just search G-R-A-P-P-L, no E on the end, on the App Store and Google Play. For more updates, follow at Grapple App, G-R-A-P-P-L-A-P-P, on Twitter. So what did you rate? Did you rate every match at Wrestle Kingdom? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did it as I was watching the show. So I I don't know if I'll be doing for every single Raw or SmackDown unless like matches are like particularly bad. But at least for all the pay per views, I think I'm going to be on there following along and just like you know, like I said, it's a great diary to like. I'm su- I'm surprised that something like this hasn't come along already. This seems like just a natural that people are going to flock to and just have an actual system where you can have all of these kind of rankings among you know wrestling fans yeah yeah I'm, I'm i mean you know of course like for movies or things like you know i or whatever imdb like things like that that have always existed but for wrestling i guess like cage match right is that yep is that something like but i'm not really on it i feel like it's these days like if it's like a app it's far more convenient to be able to use so check it out let them know what you think all right we have some news to get into, and uh, before we get into all the uh, the regular news, I wanted to talk about a really unfortunate incident that happened over the weekend invol- involving four independent wrestlers that, uh, if those that are in Toronto that have gone to Smash Wrestling, you'd be very familiar uh, with, with these guys. Uh, they wrestle out of Buffalo as well. Kevin Blackwood, uh, Kevin Bennett. Danny Garcia and Nick Puffpaff, they were involved in this terrible car accident uh, as they were coming back from Montreal, uh, I believe. And two of them, uh, Kevin Blackwood and Danny Garcia, had to undergo surgery. Uh, So a GoFundMe account has been set up for them. They're trying to raise $50,000, and you've seen a lot of support for them. They've already uh, raised over $20,000 for these four. Uh, CM Punk has tweeted about it. Ruby Riot has, like a lot of people, have really uh, 
come to put a lot of focus on this. So if you want to go on GoFundMe, go search for Buffalo Brothers Car Accident Recovery Fund. Um, yeah, it just uh, very, very uh, unfortunate story. Just It, it just sounded like a, an awful uh, car accident. The other two uh, were treated for minor injuries, but it was uh, Kevin Blackwood and Danny Garcia that actually uh, underwent surgery. Man, it's really terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, um, one of those guys, um, Kevin Bennett, I'm the most familiar with because like he's he's appeared in so many Smash shows as well as like, um, actually he was on Raw not too long ago as like yeah, a it was like Raw guard. or SmackDown. He was he was on. I think he did like a match last year. I think on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, but I think really awful. Um, anytime you hear about something like this, especially when it's like independent wrestlers who uh, we know don't don't make the most money, so. Um, it's, it's, it's been great to see some of the support, but I hope they reach their goal. Yeah. So, uh, once again, it's Buffalo brothers, car accident recovery fund. If you search for that on GoFundMe, that'll take you right to the page. If you choose to donate, uh, Kenny Omega, um, I certainly spent a lot of time talking about this with WH and Nate on Sunday. So for those of the, uh, that maybe are not up to date on everything that's going on, Story came out on Tokyo Sports on Sunday night. It was very much an in-character interview from Kenny Omega, but kind of dealing with with real-life issues. Like It is no secret that his contract is up at the end of the month. There is a lot of desire for Kenny Omega from everybody. And in this story, it indicates that Kenny Omega will be leaving, and his two options are WWE and All Elite Wrestling. And I, I think there is definitely smoke to this i don't think that you can dismiss this story as i know that it's very similar to something that he did in 2017 with the same outlet and he ultimately came back to new japan um and i guess you can't really discount any scenario i don't think this can confirm or deny anything uh but way just some of your overall thoughts on kenny omega and i feel pretty confident that he will be addressing his future on february the first mm-hmm to me, like I, 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 I think no matter what, there's there doesn't seem to be like a strong like conclusion that he he is staying, um, in New Japan. That's that's uh, to me what I kind of gather from this. You know, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, like it, I, 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 and that maybe kind of surprises me because I, I thought for sure like there's no way New Japan would let go of their relationship with Kenny and vice versa. Um, as as somebody who you know, I'm sure Kenny Omega loves the, like Kota Bushi's there. I mean, we don't know his status as well, but like you know, just he even referred to a rematch with Tanahashi. But um, I certainly of am more of the opinion now that I could see him leaving and and not going back to Japan. Um, but you know, until I, I would say we get more concrete uh, evidence, I feel like you and, and WHN Nate kind of covered all covered it all pretty thoroughly yesterday. Yeah, I, I do, like again, he's under contract until the end of the month, and you just don't know what can happen between now and January 31st. That could sway things, that could change things. It's not as though he can sign a contract tomorrow. He's He can't. Um, I, I don't expect anything involving Kenny Omega at this rally tomorrow. Um, I guess if you, if you want to kind of look into things, they have now introduced this story on being the elite where... Uh, towards the end of the show, as they're doing the, the farewell to, to Marty Skrull, Kenny Omega casually mentions he lost his phone. And the closing scene is an unknown person finding his phone, and it's ticking. Yes, yes. 
Right. Yeah. I. I mean, again, like with with the rest of the elite, when they all had their ticking uh, clocks, it was to ind- indicate the ends of their contracts running out. So uh, we will be telling the story now, at least on being the elite of Kenny Omega's contract running out at the end of January. Yeah. So I guess like there isn't a whole lot more to talk about with him, other than it seems like February the first is when he can address his future and. I wouldn't expect anything before that. Do you expect them to be booked on all? I guess they've already announced all the cards for for the upcoming New Japan shows. But do you expect yeah, them? Yeah, no, you don't expect any appearances in any way. He's not. He's not booked for any anything on Fantastic Mania. He's not booked uh, the New Beginning cards. Um, you know, if New Japan makes some gigantic offer and can sway his decision, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah. There's nothing scheduled for appearance-wise for Kenny Omega, and and don't expect him for the Rumble. No, contractually he would not be able to to do the Rumble on January 27th. So, so if you're thinking um, of entering him as as a pick for the pool, I guess he would qualify as a surprise announcement, wouldn't he? If he I guess he would something. qualify, yes, as a surprise. Sure. Uh, what about Kushida? Does that one surprise you? I mean, the reports have been out there about the WWE's interest in Kushida, but the fact that he is officially leaving now, uh, were you surprised that that ended up being his decision? I mean, seeing, see, you know, hearing the rumors and then seeing the way he, he he finished up with New Japan over the weekend. Well, what we know now is him finishing up with New Japan over the weekend via those bookings, uh, the result of those those matches. I mean, um, I'm not that surprised. Um, I think it's an interesting experiment to see how far he can go. I'm sure, you know, he would have a lot of doubts, as I'm sure all of his fans have a lot of doubts of what his ceiling is is in the WWE. But I think the the you know what 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 seems to to be the case right now is that he has already reached a ceiling in New Japan. So why continue to stay there when you know the the potential for you to reach further heights might be bigger elsewhere? Yeah, I mean it's um, I I think he's going to be a tough case to watch. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's a real risk going there, but I think it's something that you want to see. If if you feel you've reached your ceiling in one place, you you want to challenge yourself. And I, yeah. I think it, these guys are always going to believe that they can they can achieve that success. So if, if there's a chance for a guy like Kushida to make it in the WWE now, is a better time than ever. And you know what? We're also assuming that it's WWE. Maybe he'll go to All Elite. You know, maybe he'll he'll do something else. We're not entirely sure. But I will say, like, I really look forward to seeing him in NXT, which I would expect him to be at. You know, rekindle those rivalries with, like, uh, you know, like Kyle O'Reilly, like even a, a tag team with those guys. I could see him right in the mix right now, even in the main event slot, at least on NXT. And we know that, you know, um, people who tend to get those pushes in NXT tend to, you know, often do pretty well. Not in every case, but in, in many cases, they often tend to do at least decently in the main roster. So if there's a, like a... If there's a better chance for him right now, um, well, I, I sorry, I can't, I can't say that there's been a, a a better time for him right than right now. If he wanted to go to the WWE, yeah, he'll be reunited with his best opponent, which is Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Also, um, his last match in New Japan is going to be January 29th at Korakuen Hall, main event, non-title match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's awesome. Yeah, we know they do the podcast together. Uh, they're probably best friends, uh, in addition to, I guess, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. So that should be very special. I look forward to that a lot. Um, some other New Japan news. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported Juice Robinson has signed a new three-year deal with New Japan. And also, uh, 
announcements that Chase Owens and Rocky Romero have signed new deals with New Japan. And I guess Juice Robinson, it seemed like he was pretty adamant about staying with New Japan. He's in a great position there. It was the best move of his career, leaving NXT and going there. So he's obviously going to be someone, not just a big priority in New Japan, but I think he's going to be prominently featured in Ring of Honor next year as well. I'm very happy to hear that. I'm very happy to hear that New Japan is now signing its talent to multi-year deals rather than, you know, having to play this, like, weird annual game and and opening themselves up to people just leaving. And uh, final news and notes here. I specifically sought this one out just for you, Way. I was able to find out that WrestleMania weekend, Yujiro will be in New York and New Jersey. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't 100% confirmed for me that he's at the block party, but I would think if he's there, he's going to be at the block party. And apparently, tickets are going very well for that block party that um, uh, we were discussing. It means that he'll probably be on MSG, don't you think? I would think so, yeah. If he's going to be over there, I think all those guys, that, that must mean they're on the card. So, I mean, wait, to, just to for you to meet Yujiro would be my highlight of WrestleMania. Weekend. I would love to meet him. I hope he brings Peter as well. I'd love to meet the both of them. I will say, you know, I think maybe a sad part of of all this is that we might not be able to see him actually on uh, being the elite anymore. And I, I, I mean, I, I wonder if like real Yujiro is as entertaining as being the elite Yujiro, because I don't know if I want real Yujiro if he's not the same guy. And um, just on the MMA front, UFC 235 on March 2nd, there are currently scheduled to be two title fights on that card. John Jones is scheduled to be fighting Anthony Smith and Tyron Woodley defending the welterweight title against Kamaru Usman, who has gone 9-0 and in the UFC so far. And for Jones and Smith, that is a, uh, a major step up in competition for Anthony Smith, who's looked great this year since moving up to light heavyweight. But that Las Vegas show is looking pretty loaded at this point. Uh, but barring that John Jones is licensed in Nevada. Does Cormier have a fight coming up? Well, that's the funny part, is that he had been talking about fighting on this card, which would be right before his 40th birthday, and this would have been his retirement fight. But it seems that, um, you know, I know he had been dealing with some injuries, and it doesn't look like... I I can't see them adding a third title fight to this card. So I don't think he's going to make this retirement deadline by the end of March. Okay. So we'll see what is next for Daniel Cormier. Um, Into Raw we go, where they were in Orlando, Florida, Monday night at the Amway Center. Prior to Raw, they had uh, Natalia go over Lacey Evans and EC3 defeat Kurt Hawkins. And I know there were a lot of photos out there with the main event set, uh, but I spoke to uh, two separate people there who told me that these were dark matches Mm. and are not going to be airing on main event this week. This was not their introduction on television. It was more so that... They, uh, Vince McMahon wanted to see EC3 and Lacey Evans in person, and that's why they were on the show tonight to do dark matches. Yep, makes so, total sense. Yeah. Um, Raw began with a, a graphic off the top for Gene Okerlund, and then we started off immediately with this big brawl involving Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Wait, it took me forever to remember what issue these two had Um that stemmed out of last week's show. I had no recollection of an issue between these two. Yeah, okay. But they had a match last week. I'm trying to remember right now, actually. Um, it ended in a DQ, and I don't know. It did not stay in my my head of what what it was so heated that required this brawl to start the show. Last week, didn't Lastly have that brawl with Elias or the hardcore match, or was that Christmas? That oh, was Christmas. that was Christmas, the Miracle on 34th Street fight. Um, well... 
Oh, it was when Seth Rollins, remember? He was uh, the animal, and he snapped with the chair. And he it, attacked Lashley with the chair and got disqualified. Was that the match? Did he have a match with Lashley? Yeah, they had a match. Hunter set up the match. I see. Remember, with him and Lashley, and they didn't put them in the battle royale. Yes, And yes, that's how yes, the match yes. ended. Thank you. I, I just recalled this as we're speaking now. So... It's this wild brawl. Lashley is knocked off the stage. Rollins jumps onto him. And then we segue to John Cena's music playing. And he comes out. And this is just like a rapid transition to the next segment without kind of any sort of buffer. It was just a really fast-paced start to the show. Mm -hmm. And I'm not complaining. I kind of like this opening segment. It was just a lot of chaos and just one thing after the other to kind of provide for a pretty... Intense first 10 minutes of the show. I did too. It kind of felt like a like an Attitude Era Raw where it was just like every every segment seems to – the intent of every segment seems to be to make sure that you don't change the channel. Uh, and I agree. I thought it was really a nice hot start to the show. Yeah. And tonight's Raw was going up against a big college uh, football game between Alabama and Clemson. So that was a big, big football game that they had competition-wise. Um, John Cena's out wearing a baseball hat. Which his stylist gets major thumbs up this week. Uh, they plugged all of the uh, happenings on Raw later tonight, including Hulk Hogan celebrating the life of Gene Okerlund. There's a sign in the crowd that reads, Cena, cut your hair. And Cena says that at WrestleMania, you either step up or you're left out. And he announces he is entering the Royal Rumble. Surprise, surprise. Yes. He would not qualify, though, as a surprise if you put him down as your guest. Yeah, no. He is interrupted by Drew McIntyre. He doesn't care who John Cena shares a bed with. He doesn't care about his stupid haircut. He said Cena's main evented plenty of WrestleManias. And Vince McMahon has even called Cena the greatest of all time. And Drew McIntyre agrees. But he has single-handedly dismantled the Shield, destroyed Dolph Ziggler last week in a cage match, tapped out Kurt Angle to his own ankle lock, and now he's coming for Cena. Cena says, I've heard this every week. For every star. And I had to go away. Just so you guys could come up with a new promo. What makes you different? Drew says, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to show you. And before he could show him, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley return complaining about Rollins. Leo is threatening legal action. And Rollins attacks them again from behind. Everyone is brawling. Finn Balor gets involved. Hits a Topekan hero to all of the heels. And that sent us to break uh, before we'd come back with the six-man tag. But I like the opening segment. I thought this was uh, the chaos felt natural. It built off of last week. You got the Cena appearance. It was short and sweet. Drew got involved. I thought cut a very good promo. I like these uh, the opening 10 minutes. I agree with you. I thought Raw started off really hot with that backstage brawl. And then you follow that up with the star power of, of returning John Cena. It immediately made me feel like this was a more important show than usual. Came back, and it's Cena, Rollins, and Balor against Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Dean Ambrose, who I guess got involved at the end of the brawl. I didn't notice him until we came back, and suddenly he was there in the match. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. And we just wrapped up our Worst of show, and one of the categories this year was Worst Merchandise. I think that we might have to steal one from Davey and Braden and introduce Worst Ring Gear. Because Dean Ambrose and his black jeans with chain wallet might be my early contender for 2019. Well, that was something new. I mean, 
I guess something, maybe at some, you know, maybe he realizes that, you know, his character as a heel was missing something these past few weeks. It's not the gas mask. It's not the vaccines. It's none of that. It's this chain, I guess, that was the missing piece of the puzzle. Bring back chains, a chain wallet, but without the wallet, though. It was just, do we know that? I'm pretty positive there is no wallet as he was wrestling his matches. Although if you were to wrestle with a wallet, I think having a chain on it would be a smart way of making sure it doesn't fall out. As did you're you ever wear those. a chain wallet? Never, ever, ever, ever. Did you? Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, he was bringing back the, the, the 2000s, I suppose, um, with this chain. And like, I, again, John, unless he slips his wallet inside his underwear, there was no wallet attached to this thing. It was just... Like belt loop to belt loop. So what if he's got a weapon at the end of it that he can just come out and swing the guy with? I, I mean, say, he's got a chain as a weapon alone. I would say a chain itself is already a, uh, enough of a weapon. I, I almost worry, though, about like some poor man getting caught. Like imagine doing like a power bomb to some guy and then you, you end up strangling him with this, ch- with this chain wallet. Or he like does his like flying clothesline and just it whips into your face or something. I mean, uh, plenty could go wrong with this damn chain. Yeah, or if he gets caught in the ropes. Just a uh, chaos waiting to happen here. They had the advantage on Balor for a long time. Then on to Cena they go. Lashley's posing, then gets caught with an AA. Ambrose came in with his most inefficient rear naked choke. This did nothing to John Cena. Went through a second commercial break. Cena's still in the heel corner. Uh, eventually, they work in up to uh, the hot tag. Uh, Rollins and McIntyre were the big uh, tags as they built up to those two. Rollins hit this moonsault to the floor. McIntyre went for that inverted Alabama slam he does, but Cena made the save, hit an AA. Then Lashley took out Cena with a spear. Everyone's taking out everybody. Ambrose comes in. The Dirty Deeds is countered by Rollins, who hits the stomp, and Rollins pins Ambrose in the six-man. Mm-hmm. They took forever to build to that Seth Rollins hot tag, and when he finally got in there, the, the reaction was immense. So I thought, you know, contrasting him to AJ with both both men with, like, um, being encouraged to unleash their animalistic side, I feel like they've probably done a better job with Seth Rollins in helping distinguish the old Seth from this new change Seth. Um, I also thought that they did a good job with both John Cena appearances this past week, using Cena star power to help direct more attention to your constant stars. In On SmackDown, it was uh, Becky Lynch being the prime focus of those segments. And in this show, uh, this match, I thought it was Seth Rollins. You know, I'm going to launch my own app called Animal, and you're going to get to rate who shows the most animalistic nature on WWE programming each week because now we have a competition. Yeah. With Seth and Dean. I'm going make- to get I'm going to get John Ramdean as the spokesman. Who is the absolute animal <laughs> of the night? Sure. Yeah, maybe uh you can rate it out of like fireworks or something. Yeah, or um I don't know. What what do you associate with animal? Uh teeth? Um I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> From there, we go uh, backstage where Rollins runs into Uncle Paul, and he wants Dean Ambrose tonight in a title match. Hunter says, sure, it's Falls Count Anywhere. And I kid you not, Rollins, like, moans 
Like, like an animal. Like, that's literally how he reacted here. He goes, Ugh. And Paul says, welcome back. Mm. I don't know where this guy went, but anyway. We got a false Count Anywhere match later tonight with Rollins and Dean. I found it really awkward that at the end of the match, we just got, like, this kind of, you know, not like, non-sequitur shot of Triple H in the back with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Like, who put that up there? Like, in storyline, who put that up there? And what well, was Paul's the booking the matches, so he's telling Sasha, you're going over tonight. We're putting you into the title match at the Rumble. Yeah, but but why 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 the shot suddenly appearing on Titan Tron? You know? Because now all of Hunter's interactions are with all the the former NXT people. Like, it was Asuka last week on TV, and then you had but Charlotte I, enter I, and Becky. I understand, but, like, in storyline, like, okay, what did it... These, these are his friends. These are who he hangs out with. But but all of a sudden after the match, like the, they felt the need to broadcast it into the arena. You know? Well, yeah, they, you didn't want to think that Paul was actually watching the match. He was he was chatting it up with no, Bailey and Sasha. Okay, whatever. Like I get it. It's like it's to show that you know I was working so hard to impress Dad, and Dad wasn't even watching. Dad was talking to to girls. <laughs> so, um. It depends how you feel about this. I'm personally, again, not so much of a fan of, you know, uh, 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 your top stars having to impress dad, especially a dad who, like, um, I don't know, beat him up so much over the past uh, couple of years in Triple H versus Seth Rollins. But uh, dad welcomes the old Seth back at the end of this. So dad approves by the end. Dad did approve. Then we had Granddad walking backstage, Hulk Hogan with a mean Gene Omania shirt. Went to break. Total Bellas is back Sunday night at 9 p.m. I'll be watching. This, will you? I'm 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 impressed. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, last season. Uh, Total Bellas more so than Total Divas, but Nikki single and ready to mingle. We got a bunch of tweets on Gene Okerlund's passing, and then they held a ten bell salute, and then welcomed out Hulk Hogan. And for anyone curious about how he would be received. He was given an enormous pop as he came out and chance of Hogan. I mean, define enormous. Uh, louder than most baby faces on this show. Okay. This, this, was, this was not peak Hogan or anything like that, but I would say of the baby faces on the show, he got as big a reaction, I thought, as anyone. For sure. Yeah. No, there were, I didn't hear any boos. Um, it was. I'm sure, I'm sure there were some, but they weren't audible. I would say the vocal majority of this crowd was very approving of Hogan. We even got Hogan chants. So, um, yeah. He explains how he came out tonight in character because that's what Gene Okerlund would have wanted. Gene loved entertaining. And then he throws to this video package. I know a lot of people may have disagreed with Hulk Hogan's involvement here, and I totally get that. Watch this video package. This video was incredible. It's four and a half minutes. It's all of these classic Gene Okerlund clips. Uh, they did a fantastic job just finding so many different clips and really getting the essence of this guy across. I love this video. I thought it was tremendously put together. Absolutely. They even included the uh, the, the the sign falling off. Yep. Botch. Uh, Put that cigarette out, which was the famous line yeah. he used. 
Yeah, it was great. And I mean, certainly like when you're talking about like a, a visual medium like professional wrestling, and especially in the case of one of its broadcasters, there's really no shortage of great moments to pluck from from Gene Orkelin. And I think, you know, his career spans so many uh, so many territories and periods and decades that, um, again, no shortage of like great nostalgic footage to to show. And, you know, you always expect the WWE's production staff to do a, an amazing job. And of course, they they delivered tonight. Hogan says that Okerlund is right here as he taps his heart. He loves him. And then he does a let me tell you something mean Gene promo. And he lists off all these guys that have died that are now up in heaven. Savage, Warrior, Piper, Perfect, Andre, Monsoon, Heenan, Mula, Mae Young. And then dropped the mic and left. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, listen, it, it is what it is. I, I think my my concerns of it was that uh it would be using something like mean gene in order to i guess um they never took the focus off of the off of mean gene here and i I mean i i I, and for that reason i think i feel like this was fine i don't really hope that this is an excuse to just bring hulk hulk hogan back in a regular uh recurring um you know role uh for for future segments but Something tells me that this was exactly that. Yeah, it's... I I don't take away from the fact that this was designed as a tribute segment, but it was also designed as a Hulk Hogan segment. It was Hulk Hogan remembers Gene Okerlund, and... The shirts are being sold again. Uh, I really Uh, did not like that they did that during the day. Like, hey, pick up your Hulk Hogan shirt today. Um yeah. You know, this was very much a Hulk Hogan rehabilitation segment, and I think that this reaction, I feel we will definitely see Hulk Hogan back on TV before WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I think it remains to be seen, you know, how this will play out to, like, uh, other audiences. I still have my suspicions, but I would say for the most part, I mean, I can't expect exper- maybe reactions that are too dissimilar from what we got tonight. Like, I think the fact of the matter is, like... I'll- Trust me, especially if you're looking at Twitter, every wrestling fan knows what this guy said, what, what's what been going on with him. But I feel like a vast majority of people that are just showing up to Raw or SmackDown, bringing their families along, simply aren't that aware of all that stuff. And just remember the Hulk Hogan from their 80s appearing here, saying, you know, uh, or, or, you know, walking out to All uh, Real American and uh, saying saying his old catchphrases. So um, I think... It, it, Listen, like, I guess we all expected this day to come, and it's come. Followed that with a lumberjack match for the Raw Tag Titles, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable against The Revival. We had the Lucha House Party out there, Rhino, Slater, the B-Team, The Ascension. Uh, Dawson and Wilder got sent to the floor, and then they were sent back in by the babyfaces. They did a double-team maneuver where Roode hit a blockbuster into a bridging German by Gable onto Dawson, with Wilder making the save. Uh, There was a high cross by Gable, reversed by Dawson, who then hits uh, the Chaos Theory, and that was broken by Dash coming off the top with a splash to break up the cover. Dawson goes for an inside cradle. From the floor, Rude turns it over, so Gable's on top, but Dawson's foot is on the bottom rope. The referee does not see it, counts three, and Rude and Gable retain the tag titles with the Revival protesting the decision at the end. Um, I don't think at the level of their... uh, Christmas Eve match that they had a few weeks back. But again, I, I like these four a lot. I would love to see them get a, you know, 14 minute pay-per-view match. I think that would be great. Um, 
but they just they they seem to have great chemistry. Yeah, the idea here seems to be to let these two teams get over with their wrestling by showcasing their matches. And um, I think maybe like for a full sale crowd, that is the perfect formula. Maybe for the people listening to this show, that's the perfect formula. But for at least this WWE audience, it simply wasn't enough. This was a match that I felt received almost no reaction. Um, The match itself, I, I thought, was pretty good, though, you know, with a lot of interesting intricate stuff that these guys were trying out there but to me this crowd just didn't care they promoted the takeover card this saturday it's airing at 2 p.m on the wwe network from blackpool elias was in the ring he mentions selling out madison square garden missed that one and he lists the places he's traveled to and it's all brought him here to orlando and crowd is chanting walk with elias he too is entering the royal rumble and then baron corbin interrupts he wants respect and admiration. And there's a moment he pauses on the ramp and there displayed beautifully next to Baron Corbin is a waiting sign. <laughs> the best visual of the night. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again to our friends, Bill and Alex, who uh, I believe debuted a brand new sign this time. Pollock. It's where news. Oh, please. I'm screwing it up. What is it? Fuck, let me look this up. I don't know it. Uh, did you not see this? I, I saw the... Uh, it's Pollock. Pollock. It's, it's what's for news. <laughs> yes. Yes. A play off of uh, the beef uh, slogan. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, wonderful. To, I'm ne- I'm, you, like Bill and Alex asked us if we're sick of this. I will never be sick of this. No. I, as, first of all, I'm, ama- I'm amazed that they always seem to get these seats. I don't know how they always get those same they seats. They got to have season tickets or something. I guess so. But but I'm so grateful that every single time the WWE comes to Orlando, these two like spend so much effort not just creating the signs, but to like you know hold them up for us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, B- Bill and Alex are our advertising department. I was like watching. <laughs> this is all we've got. Yeah, I was watching the show with my girlfriend, and I'm like, oh, that's my name. I impressed, <laughs> I impressed her so much. Thank you so much. Uh, that's fun. That's hilarious. Uh, so Corbin then says he too is entering the Royal Rumble. He's going to win and main event WrestleMania. Everyone booed. I mean, there's a legitimate hatred that they do have for Baron Corbin. And I think that's his biggest trait that he's got that is going to keep him in a solid heel position. I mean, it is like I he might be like the the biggest pushed guy who suffers like from X-Pac heat. Like he's being pushed solely based off of his X-Pac heat that uh, I might have ever seen, at least in recent memory, you know. He definitely gets heat, but it, again, it's debatable if it's go away heat or actually good heat. I I tend to think more change the channel heat for me. Uh, the match, Corbin was in control. Elias came back with a spinning neck breaker, and then Elias got nailed with a right hand, is run into the post, and then hit with the end of days, and Baron Corbin wins clean. Kind of surprised me, you know, because um, we know that Elias is kind of, at least for a time, uh, relatively recently, was one of their big babyface projects. Does this suggest with a clean loss here that they've given up on him pushing on pushing him as a top guy? It, it didn't feel like a guy they were protecting all that much in this one. I mean, this was a pretty clean loss for a for a babyface. And to Baron Corbin, who like was you know pretty much just embarrassed by the entire locker room at the last oh, show. Wh- what if we're gonna get a, a tag team of Elias and Dolph Ziggler as a lounge act? We got stand up <sighs> and we got music i'd be more interested 
in Dolph's stand-up than I would, I think, seeing them as wrestlers. Could you imagine them shooting vignettes where he's doing, like, in front of a green screen, he's doing, like, his jokes without an audience? Yeah, I could imagine that. I could definitely imagine that. Dean Ambrose did his own stand-up in the back. He says, I never liked six-man tags. They were very unnatural. Which was kind of funny coming from the Shield guy. He gave up everything for this, and tonight he's going to burn Seth down. He's, he, there's a line in here about him saying he lost it all to bring balance to the WWE. Like he was Thanos. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm certain that there's elements of this storyline people want to see disappear with a snap <laughs> of the fingers. But um, The line is interesting, but I, don't, I have no idea what, what he really means. You know, how, how did him turning on the shield and beating Seth Rollins... Bring balance. I'm sure he's got like it makes sense in his head, but I just I, it hasn't been to me. Really they were they were low on heels, so by him turning heel, he was <laughs> able to balance the the babyface heel dynamic on the show. Right, got yeah. it. Braun Strowman came out, and this was supposed to be a face to face segment, and apparently they timed Brock Lesnar's entrance with halftime of the college football game. Interesting. Did you notice anything like off, like, or even like stalling? Because I, I, I guess I wouldn't have known. I will say this whole segment felt like it was stalling, though. Well, I wonder if they kind of had a buffer uh, for Heyman to cut his promo backstage and to wait until he gets the cue uh. to send Lesnar out. Like that may have been a segment that I don't know this, but maybe it was just something that you're just going to go until you get the cue because there's a minute left in the quarter and we want to wait until halftime before Brock actually walks out into the arena. Well, if there's a man that you have to rely on to fill for time, that's the guy. Yeah, it would be Paul. They're on a split screen backstage. Heyman says it's card subject to change. And the change is in the face to face confrontation tonight because it's to bronze benefit. Brock doesn't come out because then he won't have an opponent at the Royal Rumble. Lesnar is just smirking. Braun cuts a promo calling him Beastie Boy, and he's waiting for Lesnar in the ring. He keeps saying, blah, blah, blah. By the way, did you see Braun Strowman's uh, polar ice plunge, whatever they call it, the polar bear plunge that he did? What's that? What is that? So he's out on like a sheet of ice, like where you go ice fishing. They've cut a hole, and he jumped into the water the freezing cold water it was just frightening just to watch it is this like an als thing like is this a charity uh, thing or, or something i don't know if it was for charity i think it was just for the heck of it attention tons of people like this is a new year's tradition that everyone does so is it uh, oh yeah the I- i'm probably butchering the what it's called but i think it's like the polar bear challenge or something like that the plunge well people you be- like either like run into water or they just yeah. Go watch this video. It's on uh, WWE's YouTube. I think you should do one. I, I don't think I could do this. It's just oh, okay. too cold, man. I don't know. I just don't have the uh, the capacity. It'd be very hard. Um, back to this segment. Yes, back to this freezing cold segment. Heyman wants to leave, but Lesnar decides he's going to walk out to the ring. So he comes out, and he's just circling around the ring. And he just leaves, and Strowman yells that he'll be universal champion at the Royal Rumble. Uh, this was not Paul Heyman getting a Rudolph nose uh, given to him and antlers, but didn't really have me all that amped for this 
pay-per-view match in three weeks. I thought it was a huge waste of time. I and mean, I guess like now that I th- the more I think about it, stalling would be exactly how I would describe it because like it just felt like these guys were talking in circles. Um, I at the and then least... walking in circles in Brock's case. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I at, at the very least I think expected some type of physical confrontation to end it, but like they never really kind of hit any type of you know verbal crescendo. No, nothing uh, to for me to like latch onto at the end of the segment to say, oh, I remember that. This to me just felt like a huge waste of time. Well, there you have it. That is your universal title match for the Rumble. They promoted SmackDown. Uh, it's going to have a three-way with Charlotte, Becky, and Carmella. The winner faces Asuka at the Royal Rumble. And AJ Styles will confront Daniel Bryan. Uh, they've also promoted online a Usos bar uh, tag title match, but that was not part of the promo here in Jacksonville. Jinder Mahal, The Sings, and Alicia Fox were in the ring. They're doing their breathing exercises, and then Jinder Mahal just cuts promos on the fans, calls one person fat, then uh, acknowledges you with the beard. No, your girlfriend. And then he referred wait, wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. He was pointing, saying you with the beard, yeah. and instead of the guy that thought he was being referenced he was like no 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 i mean your girlfriend the oh one with the beard. i thought i thought he meant the the guy the guy with the he beards. was insulting the girl that she has yeah. a beard i thought he yes. meant the guy with the beard's girlfriend i did not have the capacity to rewind to double check this line no no but, that's what he said that's what he said no for this next one oh he he referred to the guy who has one right foot and two left feet <sighs> You have one right <laughs> foot and two left feet. Now I've heard two left feet, but not in uh, <laughs> not in such uh, connection to a right foot with it. <laughs> what oh, does that mean? mean? Well, you have mean... three feet. <laughs> what the hell was this promo? Nah, he's, call, he's calling him a mutant because <laughs> the okay. people in Orlando, I guess, are are somehow uh, born. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And he was just disgusted by Orlando, and I think they were equally disgusted at his attempts at heel heat here. <laughs> I, I will say that it seems like he's kind of abandoned maybe the the more, uh, I guess, uh, the more uh, calm calm aspects of this Shanti character, and he's kind of brought back a lot more of the uh, insulting the the towns, which he's kind of he had kind of abandoned for for a bit. Sure. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox took on Apollo Cruz and Ember Moon. Cruz clothesline Mahal to the floor. Moon comes in, drop kick to Alicia, reverse cross, eclipse, and one. Renee said, what was the time on that? They beat them in record time. It was a minute 47. A record somewhere. She might not have said record, so. Oh, okay. Quick match, and Apollo Cruz uh, get to win this week. Yeah. Um, you know, I. it's not like they have great promos or, or even good segments or anything, but... I, I do like the fact that they decided to keep Jinder and Alicia together after the Mixed Match Challenge. There's some weird chemistry about those four together that I find somewhat captivating as a low mid-card comedy act. Um, even though, like, I would say most of the things that they've ever done really don't have that much substance. But I I don't know. I think they're, to me, they're efficient as you know showcases for people like ember and apollo for weeks where they have nothing planned for them and not that much tv time i guess 
Speaking of the mixed match challenge, Carmella's in that match tomorrow night. But uh, when are we going to get those those vignettes of their va- their vacation? That's right. Yeah, forgot about those. Maybe they'll have them tomorrow night. Yeah, maybe they forgot too. It's kind of awkward to do those segments the same night you're building up to what what I feel will be the main event on the show is that three-way. Right, yes. It's kind of awkward. But anyway, maybe we're just going to forget about the vacation. I did. (laughs) I did until this moment. Uh, This moment of bliss, which was our next segment. Alexa came out. They're seated at the entrance. She demands coffee. Clearly a wink at our entire audience. And she throws to a video of Ronda Rousey's highlights from the last year. The crowd is chanting for Becky as Ronda comes out. Ronda says that she has to chase after her limits with a vengeance. And there is one woman that has pushed everyone to the limit in the ring, in this locker room. Someone with more athleticism in her finger than Charlotte has in her entire body. Someone with a better story than Becky Lynch. The real Cinderella story of Raw... Sasha Banks. I did not expect that. This was a left field uh, direction that we're coming out of. And yes, we will get into this involving Sasha Banks. This certainly feels like a new idea that they have Mm -hmm. come up with. Mm -hmm. Alexa thought that Rhonda was going to talk about her. And then you hear this gagging sound. And it's Nia Jax coming out. And she starts telling Rhonda... That she's got a girl crush on Sasha Banks. Then Nia says that she was not her best at TLC. She wants a rematch. This prompts Sasha to come out. And she says she's going to teach Ronda how to lose with dignity and class. Nia tells Sasha, I could break your face. So why don't you go to the back of the line? And Sasha responds, bitch, what line? And she challenges Nia right now. The winner faces Rhonda, and Nia says, I'm the bitch, not a bitch. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, this was not ECW Massacre on 34th Street, okay? <laughs> <laughs> can, can I say this? I, I don't think this was an incredible promo, but I, I think Nia is getting better. I think she is getting... She is trying a lot of like comedic elements some that are completely missing the mark but i think she is gaining more confidence with her speaking you might you might get fact checked for that one john i feel like everybody's (laughs) gonna be in disagreement i know i know what you mean though you know like she's not like compare her to when she first got onto the main roster she's shown like a bit more of a confidence but I do feel they're like giving her a lot more latitude, and, and I, sometimes it's the this much. is the end result. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Like here, clearly the scripted line was from Sasha, "Bitch, what line?" And then we had got this like unnecessary bit of improv from Naya saying, "I'm not ready. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm the bitch. I'm not a bitch. Uh, unnecessary. I thought. I thought. It, I thought you should have cut, should have cut the break as Sasha stormed down and. Let Nia riff on the live crowd, and then we come back from break. It just seemed yeah. you took the intensity out of that line from Sasha that did get a big reaction from the people uh, just hearing her respond to Nia like that. Yeah. So the winner gets Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble. Um, they had a pretty lengthy match. Tamina and Bailey are ringside. Uh, they go through a commercial. Nia's got the heat. Bank re- Banks recovers, hits the double knees and a shining wizard, followed by a meteora. Then Jax breaks out of the bank statement, gets a Samoan drop. 
and Jax drops Banks off her shoulders, and she's standing on the second turnbuckle, and, like, guillotines Sasha on the top rope. Her neck just snaps on this top rope. And because it's Sasha, you're just always worried that this woman is about to break in half. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Sometimes, like, when she falls, it looks... Way more devastating than I think if another wrestler were to fall for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just like the body type or maybe like she just happens to sell like that. But like she it looks like she's she ragdolls on a whole lot of things. Uh, Bailey and Tamina took turns attacking each other. Uh, Bailey got her revenge on Tamina late in the match, throwing her into the barricade. And then Jax runs into the post from the apron. So Naya is on her knees on the apron. Sasha is on the edge of the apron, and she goes for a Hurricane Rana to Naya off of her knees. But Sasha is the one that just crashes to the floor, and Naya was, I guess, supposed to smash herself onto the apron. This looked terrible. Yeah, Naya did, you know, like Naya, but the camera ended up following Sasha, taking the impact on the floor. So I think it was, it's a really stupid move. Like, it looked way worse for the person doing it. So Banks then just rolls over Naya into the ring, applying the bank statement and gets the immediate tap. I don't know exactly what was being thought of for this Hurricane Rana. Like if it was, I, I don't know. It just, it it's just came off like Sasha be, like killed herself. Yeah. It's supposed to be Sasha Banks doing the Hurricane Rana onto the apron to Naya. But like the way they shot it, especially, it just makes it look like Sasha took the brunt of that impact. So, and she did probably in reality. I thought both ladies worked really hard. They were given a lot of time for this. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think it, the match suffered because Sasha, because of Sasha's stock in the company right now. She's at the point now where all of her matches aren't, to me, being taken with that much seriousness or, or attention. Um, in I would say, like, it's nice that I think they're, like, giving her a push. We I, I would say, like, you know, Ronda versus Sasha for a long, long time was, like, probably the biggest match they could make on Raw, right? Um, and I feel like we had all hoped that they were saving that for like a bigger, you know, time in a bigger period, even something like a WrestleMania at one point, but clearly this might be the best that she could do right now is like a rumble. Um, it's a first time match, Sasha, Sasha versus Ronda, but Sasha is at a point right now where like, she's so undervalued that you have to work really hard to kind of rehab her. And even at the, at that point, um, it's it just might be another match for Ronda. The The difference I think between Sasha getting a push right now and somebody like Becky, Becky getting a push was that the audience was clearly like demanding for Becky to get pushed. Whereas I don't think the crowd is begging the same at all for Sasha. They're just kind of indifferent to her right now. So I didn't think she received that big of a reaction here. And where do you think this, does this change anything involving when you get to like, does this, like, the idea had been Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. Does this lead you to believe that maybe Charlotte is going to be in the three-way now? Because that was that was where I thought they were going with the Rumble, would be Ronda and Charlotte. Yeah, certainly. I think that's still definitely at play. Um, unless they do Ronda versus Charlotte at, at the, um, what is it, the February show? Yeah. Or they could always save Ronda versus Charlotte for after Mania, you know, that match I would say is even big enough that you can headline a SummerSlam with if they wanted to. By that point, you can swap around people from the brand so you can naturally do that. The match, um, 
I think the audience still really wants to see that singles match between Becky and Ronda, but it would certainly not surprise me if they put Charlotte in there for a three-way. And then the main event, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Falls Count Anywhere for the Intercontinental title. Rollins jumped Ambrose during the entrance, and it wasn't overt heel commentary, but there was a line from Renee complaining about Rollins jumping him and not giving Dean a fair shot, but that was kind of to the extent of it. It wasn't hitting you over the head of Renee playing this completely pro-Dean Ambrose announcer. Right, sure. I mean, in the end, she is still her wife, or sorry, his wife. I would say, though, I I feel sometimes Renee is in such a hard position because I'm watching this and Dean is getting just obliterated with some of these weapon strikes. And Renee's like just reacting normally like it's anybody that's just getting slammed on these equipment boxes. And I just think it's such a difficult um, thing that you've introduced that this is supposed to be a, a, a spouse that you're watching here. Could you that see is, them? Could you see them splitting them after uh, Mania? I would love to see them be split on separate shows. I think it would do them both some good, especially Renee, who I just think when but, Dean uh, is so central on the show, it, it create and they go back to it every single week. So they're reminding you of it through Corey Graves. You can't even forget about it. But what would they? How would that affect their personal life? Well, I mean, it's. You're on separate crews. I mean, maybe it's not ideal, um, but it's is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Well, um, are, are you d- disagree? Like this to me is. I don't. Disagree am I at making all. this a bigger issue than not, it is? Not at all. I think. I think it's an awkward position to put her in. I think it's. Uh, it's made her a worse announcer. Uh, it's kind of affected the the great amount of credibility she had had with the audience. I would suggest that you know. The fact that they didn't don't still don't really seem to know how to handle that relationship on camera uh, makes it even worse, makes it more confusing. So I, ideally, I would definitely have them on separate brands. There you go, you solve your problem. But I also am well aware that um, they like to pair, or they prefer, or at least the, the, they would prefer to be together. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive they would prefer to be together. So they. Come back from break, they brawl backstage, and they're fighting over all this equipment, and we come back from commercial. They're now in the stands. So I'm thinking to myself, like, you kind of eliminated, whenever you're backstage and you return, there's always the pop when they return to the arena, and you skip that during the commercial. But then, we also see during the commercial break, they had fought to the announcer's desk, and there's a big table break where they break the Raw announce desk. And that, too, was during the commercial break. So we missed a lot during this commercial. Well, that's why you got to go watch live. The live experience. I, I, I should have flown to Orlando, yeah, to get this table spot. Um, there is this replay of Seth Rollins punching Dean Ambrose what looked square in the nose. And it was kind of strange that the announcers were replaying this and reacting. And it was like... Well, that was a real punch. We usually just see work punches, but this one was real, and we're going to replay it for you. <laughs> it's kind of strange. <laughs> like, what are all these other strikes that we see to the to the face with a closed fist? I guess they hurt too, but this one really hurt. I guess so. Uh, they go ringside. Ambrose removes the mat, exposing the concrete. He kisses Rollins on the forehead and goes for the dirty deeds, but he's back body dropped on top. And Renee reminds us 
that Dean turned on Rollins the same night Reigns revealed his leukemia diagnosis. Quote, a brutal night for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My new, my new rule is unless it is a health update on the man, I do not want to hear the word leukemia on WWE programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the point of that? Mentioning that. Yeah, it was like it was just to remind everyone. Yes, he did turn the night Roman announced he was sick. Uh, it was so horrible. This Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought the match was fine, um, but to me, it felt rather forgettable in the grand scheme of things. Uh, sorry, you're not even finished. The- no, no, I'm not quite done. Okay. Uh, he didn't die from the back body drop on the concrete. Uh, Rollins did a kind of a variation. He did a superplex, but then turned it into a buckle bomb, super kicked Ambrose, hit the stomp, has the match won, when Lashley runs in, attacks Rollins, hits his Stormbreaker, spears Rollins, and then Ambrose climbs on top, and Ambrose is the one to get the win through the help of Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, you know, I found I found the finish a little bit predictable and a little bit, I mean, I guess intended to be sat- unsatisfying, but um, uh, yeah, just... Maybe it's from like a weekend of watching like uh, New Japan where we we didn't get too many of these types of uh, interference things. But um, I found the, the finish kind of unsatisfying. I like the match overall. I thought it was a good brawl. I thought one of their better matches, like they've had some disappointing ones of late, especially at TLC. So I thought this was certainly a, an improvement over their last singles match. Mm hmm. I think Raw overall, in comparison to previous weeks, was an okay show, um, but it's not a, at the point where I can call it a good show yet, because I think when I look back at the show overall, I don't think there was anything worth going out of your way to watch. Uh, none of the matches, to me, were particularly noteworthy. None of the segments were really noteworthy, save for the Mean Gene video package, which I, I think was really well done. Um, but, you know, you also got Hulk Hogan with that as well. Man, I I thought this was the best Raw of the year. <laughs> yeah, you're, um, it's also the worst one. That's true. That's true. Uh, it is tied. Uh, so let's see what everyone else had to say about it. I, I didn't find this. I, I, I echo a lot of your sentiments. I didn't think. But I did find this to be a rather... The show didn't drag to me as other Raws did. I thought there was... I, I enjoyed the opening segment... I, I overall I, I like the main event. Nia and Sasha was a pretty good match, save for a few elements uh, in it. Those were kind of my positives for the show. I suppose like after like rating all those matches on the Grapple app of, of uh, Wrestle Kingdom, it really shows me like is my bar now? This show didn't drag, you know. Is that my bar? Like whereas I feel like I'm very critical about certain matches because they're not amazing. Like anyway, I don't want to compare the two products that much because they're they're very different. But um, like it kind of made me realize that when I'm watching Raw, my bar is simply these days. This show didn't make me poke (laughs) knives into my eyes. This one only made me eye the wall and consider punching it repeatedly. So that's a maybe that's the. uh... That should be the ranking system on on the app for, it for was, Raw. It was an okay show. Yeah. Um, and the Okerlund video, if you missed that, it was a great, great video. Uh, let's go to the forum. Let's get some feedback from everybody. What was the... I, I will give this show a f- five. I gave it a four. 
Do you have the results? Yes, I do. The board voted 5.36 for this edition oh. overall. Okay. Let's start with Andrew from Cape Breton. I think I now know how WWE can address their issues with Raw. See, it's not bad, boring, or whatever. It's just simply how they want to present wrestling. Wrestling can be anything to anybody, and it's an art form, so you can do whatever you want. That's the best way to address criticism. Just simply deflect it. And speaking of having a worked tampon shoved down your throat, we had something even more gross tonight. I get it. Hogan and Gene had a strong relationship. But with him coming back, WWE's Twitter advertising, Hogan's merchandise, and the end of Hulk's promo, it just came across as incredibly awkward. Other than that, it was just your average Raw. I like Ambrose and Rollins as much as the next person, but they don't need to be on the show for over an hour altogether. WWE can get stale at times, and that's a good example of it. Four awkward crowd reactions to Fabulous Moolah's name out of ten. Mm-hmm. Matt in the 604, pretty stoked for Rousey versus Banks at Royal Rumble. Jax Banks was a decent match for sure. I love the spot where Nia dropped Banks on her face in the corner. And But what was up with Nia's makeup? My wife said she should invest in long-lasting makeup that dancers use. Always <laughs> okay. fun watching with the spouse. Have you heard anything on Alexa's return to the ring? I read speculation that she could be back for the Rumble. Um, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This next one should be entertaining. Joey from Queens. I have gotten some work out of town for a couple of weeks, and I'm currently staying at my grandmother's for the time being. And in an attempt to engage in some bonding, asked if she wanted to watch Raw with me. I usually don't watch the show because it's a slog, but I wanted to see what response Hogan would get. And hey, misery enjoys company. Oh, what a treat my grandmother was in for. The opener was way too long. Way too long. This isn't New Japan where they have the ability to book six-man tags to be five-star matches. This was a slog. And the best part was that every time I went to put on the college football game, during the many commercial breaks, this match got the game... Uh, this match uh, had... The game was also at a commercial break. The poor revival. I have a feeling that they want to be elite. BB elite. And they're stuck in this purgatory of horrid booking. Elias was fun as usual. Did you notice? Go- did you notice that they have hashtag FTR on their pants? Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, I guess they are um, embracing it, and certainly, yeah. Um, Elias was fun as usual, but then good old Baron Corbin came out, and I had to wake up my grandmother in the middle of the match. Banks and Nia was another chore to watch. They have zero chemistry. Finally, I don't know how Rollins and Ambrose just can't have a good match, in my opinion. Rollins needs a new program, and we just need a new Dean Ambrose. Anything is better than whatever is being presented to me. Overall grade, 3 out of 10. Grandma's grade, 0.5 out of 10. At least she's in for some better wrestling tomorrow, right? Joey, please we'll please let, let your grandmother just relax and watch no. whatever shows she chooses to. Don't don't put her through pro wrestling on a nightly basis. No, Joey, I hope you make a weekly appointment to continue to watch Raw from your grandmother. Not only is it great bonding time, but I love to hear her opinion on a weekly basis. We will read grandmother's review each week. Anytime. As long as you're in uh, roommates. Brian says, what up, though? It's a new year, and I want to start by saying thanks and congratulations on one year of post-wrestling. I've been a cafe member for the better half of last year, and I love it. I've been down since the law days. Thank you so much. Thank I didn't you. Get, 
Oh well, then he says oh. I didn't get I didn't get to watch Raw because of work, but I turned it on my phone and listened to the entire show, which was much better, surprisingly. Not that bad of a show, except for Hogan. But by the end of the night, I hardly even remember him being there. Question: How do you guys think the WWE are going to go about the women's tag belt? Given the roster shortages, will they be able to have the champions float between brands? That's the only thing I think will work. Well, uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. It's not what I necessarily expect. Um, I, I I would much prefer that we have single championships between brands. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's uh seeing uh, Sasha being booked in this match with Ronda is is kind of interesting because you know Bailey versus Sa- Bailey and Sasha is, is certainly the team most promoted and most associated with these potential tag team belts. So they're at least putting that on hold until after the Royal Rumble. Um, I could even see them kind of you know, you know, I mean, it would make sense that they would that they would crown champions at WrestleMania, wouldn't it? And at the end of WrestleMania, though, with the new um, like draft, who knows what will happen at that point? You know, maybe they will like with with Fox coming, um, maybe even, you know, changing up the brand split, maybe ending the brand split. We're not really sure yet, but I'm sure it's something they'll address because or maybe they'll just like put way more women in, on, onto both rosters. Jay from Colorado, aside from the Sasha Banks Rousey announcement tonight, Raw didn't have much considering the star power. Hogan is still gross. The Braun and Brock segment was awkward and seemed like someone missed a line or two. Cena was just there. My favorite thing about Raw was actually the commercial for NXT UK TakeOver. I completely forgot it's this weekend. Are you going to be watching TakeOver, Way? I will. I don't think I'll be watching. Well, actually, yeah, because you and I, what time is it on again? It's two o'clock on Saturday, but I mean it's it's on demand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we can <laughs> we can watch it after our blood work, John. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that's on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, John and I are going for blood and urine tests because uh, we we got to make sure we don't have any picograms of anything in our systems. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's the it's, it's the yearly post wrestling uh, <laughs> drug test. <laughs> Which I gotta make sure Way isn't on anything. We're no, no, yeah. no performance enhancing substances. No, we're applying for insurance. That's that's why. Before everybody together, gets, it's gets a it's concerned. a very big step in our relationship. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We go. This to, is a lengthy one for you. Well, uh, MJ brings brings up an interesting one. I'll 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 read this one first. So I'm not oh, that so great. You're at, give me the long one. Well, I'll do both if you want. He says. <laughs> so I'm not that great at weight conversion, but Naya said she's three hundred point five ounces. Of Samoan, which is equal to like 19 pounds, I think. <laughs> I thought I heard that too. Like when she was trying to intimidate Sasha, she meant to say 300.5 pounds, right? 300.5 ounces. <laughs> maybe, maybe she had just finished listening to our review of ECW Massacre on 34th Street and she was going to call herself 300.5 liquid ounces of Samoan. That would even be small too. Yes, I know it would be small, like, but maybe we, that was on her brain. It was not pounds; it was ounces. So. We from did, little Guido. We deduced that like we were, like at least a thousand five hundred li- fluid ounces, weren't we? Yes, liquid ounces. Liquid ounces. Okay, Darren from Melbourne, Florida. I, <laughs> I was I was there live in Orlando. Good crowd. Oh, okay. Good crowd, but not sold out. Half of the upper level was blocked off. The doors opened at 7.30, and the pre-show matches were, I think, for main event. Natalia beat, well, yeah, uh, dark matches in this case. Natalia beat Lacey Evans, and EC3 continued Hawkins' losing streak. I'm not sure if those are indications that the winners will be on Raw, or maybe they just, they just probably live locally. Well, so so then what would they have filmed for main event if it was just those two matches? Uh, 
I was told that it was either matches that they taped last week that will air on main event this week, or it could be a show that it's very production heavy. Interesting. And, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I don't know why the main event stuff was up there, but I mean I mean I asked more than one person and it was these are were dark matches and it wouldn't make any sense to have like they've been running those videos for these guys for weeks and Dude, weeks. They've they're been not run- gonna they're not gonna throw them up on main event. I'm not really complaining all that much because I think in the end it's beneficial, but man, could they get not could they not get like different videos of those same people? Every single uh, Raw and SmackDown, I have to sit through the same succession of Lars Sullivan, then it's uh, the Nikki Cross, and it's Lacey Evans, and it's like the Dozovich talking about stakes, and then it's the same ass shot of EC3 every single time. Could they come on? Can we not refresh the, those video packages a little, or maybe debut one each week? I just skip through it each week, so that's it's not a big problem for me. He says the biggest pop of the night is definitely for Rollins, but Cena, Strowman, Rousey, Balor, and Hogan got good pops. I'm not sure how Hogan came off on TV, but the only audible boos I could hear were during the up next splash on the screen of him. As soon as that music hit, mostly everyone of every age group was up. I think at least he did give a decent promo, and that video tribute was well done. A 10-bill salute and 10-bill salute, it was almost fully quiet, which is rare. Decent episode of Raw that you could tell they were loading up due to the college national championship game, and the crowd started hot. The first match was long, but had some decent spots that kept the crowd going, and probably had the fresh matchups helped along with Cena. Other notable things, Strowman looked like a goon just standing and begging Lesnar to come out with some lame one-liners. He might not be cleared yet. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The crowd was very dead for Elias Corbin and the Sasha Nia match. I'm not sure what some of the spots... They were trying to do in that Sasha Nia match, but it didn't look good. Uh, you can tell how thin the roster is if Rollins and Ambrose have to do double duty. Overall, decent show live. All right. Uh, let's stay with the live feedback from Bill and Alex in Orlando. We thought the show was decent tonight. Great show to the uh, great start to the show with the six-man tag. Rollins is extremely over with the fans. We feel like we see the same thing every time with Brock. Will he ever actually face someone on Raw? Moment of Bliss was okay, and we really enjoyed the Sasha and Nia match, except it almost looked like Sasha may have hurt her neck somewhere in there. She did not look good walking backstage. Rollins Ambrose was good, but Lashley is so boring, and we are seeing way too much of him. All right, finally, also attending the show live, maybe all of these people sat together. Tyler from Orlando. Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Yep, yep, thank you. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The, the six-man tag match was lit. Everybody bit on the hot tag attempts. Being in the arena, it seemed like 100% of the crowd cheered for Hogan. I'm not sure if it made it on TV, but Dean no sold the announce table spot to throw Renee's phone to Michael Cole, so it didn't get damaged. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> nice catch by Cole. Lastly, I think Sasha versus Ronda at the Rumble is very fresh, and I'm looking forward to it. And Braun versus Braun and Lesnar's segment was a waste of television and production. I'm not that excited for that match. We all know how it will go. How will it go, John? Any predictions? Uh, Braun and Lesnar, I I don't see them going much more than, what, 10 minutes? But who do you think wins? Lesnar. So you don't think he'll be going, I mean, I guess he won't be doing anything with the UFC until after. I don't, I don't sense it. I yeah. think that, uh, first of all, the, the pay-per-view everyone thought he would be a part of, potentially, was with Cormier on March 2nd. And the way that, that card's full now, I don't... I don't see that happening. So if he's going to do a fight, it's going to be later in the year. I think he's clear to do WrestleMania. He's going to do WrestleMania. And then we can assess if he's going to fight later in the year. But that March 2nd card is booked. I, 
I just don't see that happening. Like he would have had to be starting a camp now if he was going to fight March second. I mean, we're we're eight weeks away from that. It's mm-hmm. not happening March second. So yeah. anyway, okay. Yeah, a lot of great feedback tonight. Thanks to those that were there live and those that watched with their grandmothers or their spouses. We appreciate all of it. Wayne and I will be back on Tuesday night with Rewind to SmackDown. Uh, once again, the MMA Year in Review panel show. That'll be up Tuesday afternoon with Mike Bond, Cody Safdick joining me as we go through all of our picks for the past year in MMA. And of course, the Royal Rumble Pool. Go click on the button at postwrestling.com. Lots of great stuff coming up this week. Postwrestling.com, that is the place to go for all of your news, all of your shows. You can subscribe to Post Wrestling on iTunes as well as Up Next and the British Wrestling Experience. Lots of great shows coming out this week, including two from the British Wrestling Experience. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. All right. Good night, everybody, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday.